Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today my guest is Dr. Larkin. She is going to help us understand the Aquatic Animal Health Certificate that we have at UF, which is part of our certificate series. So Dr. Larkin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy you're here. You are the education coordinator and lecturer for the Aquatic Animal Health Program. You went to graduate school, so can you tell us your educational path and how you got this position that you have today? So my story is a little funny because um, I thought I was going to be an artist. And so I went to the other Florida school, Florida, Florida State. State, Seminoles. And they have a really good art program there. Um, but I guess about halfway through, I decided I didn't want to turn something I love into work. Mm. Um, and so I switched majors, um, and I ended up uh, graduating in a major in psychology, okay. um, more like neuroscience. When I finished, I ended up coming to work uh, at UF with Dr. Roger Reap, who is a comparative neuroanatomist. Uh, and what does a comparative neuroanatomist do? Right. Well, when I first walked into his lab, he had jars of brains of just about every animal you could imagine. Oh, well, so, sure. Um, Who doesn't? Yeah. So he had quite a collection. But at the time, uh, I was doing work for him related to understanding uh, neurotransmitters in, in rats. Um, but he had a graduate student who was uh, basically mapping out the manatee brain. Oh, okay. So that's kind of how I got my into the aquatics field. So did you master's PhD? No, I went straight into the PhD. Okay. I read a lot of things about manatees. At the time, there really wasn't much known. Um, and my interests actually turned towards reproduction. Okay, so undergrad at Florida State, PhD at UF? Yes. Okay, in, in, in the manatee college. repro. Yes. Okay. Um, and so you did that. And then was there an in-between time before you started working for the College of Vet Med? Um, no, I've been at the Vet Med since I started with Dr. Reed. I think a lot of students hope that when they get involved in aquatics, they get to put their hands on aquatic animals. Can you talk about the likelihood that that happens? I think they really want to know how much can they get involved with their hands. As a graduate student, um, I, I did a lot of behavioral observations, so I got to watch them a lot. Um, as a postdoc, I got to do some tagging and tracking. Okay. Um, so I did get to do some hands-on stuff. Mm -hmm. In reality, no, you're not putting hands-on on marine mammals. Even if you, know, if you go through the um, DVM route, yeah, we're going to talk a lot about it. You're going to get to see a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but no, you're not going to be putting hands on marine mammals either. Okay. It's not until you're an intern or a resident that you're likely to get your hands on a marine mammal. Right. And part of that is just because there are so many permits involved. And um, it's not a trivial matter to interact with marine mammals, whether you're in a managed setting or in the wild. Sure. So, but, but if you're interested in sea turtles, there's maybe more likelihood. If you're interested in fish and invertebrates, there's definitely a lot of opportunities to do hands-on. So there's a big range, um, and we generally encourage our students to be broad in their interests because mm -hmm. there are very few jobs where you're just doing anything with marine mammals. Right. Um, even if you get that dream job at SeaWorld, yeah. uh, you need to handle all the animals. Okay. 
Okay. So yeah, I think it's really important for us to focus on the realities because I get quite a few students who say, I only want to work with dolphins. And I just feel like that's not very realistic for them. So what we would tell that student is you're going to learn how to treat many animals. You probably won't be getting your hands on that many during the DVM that will come later in your internship and residency, which we've talked about on previous episodes. Um, and then they just need to be realistic that it is a small field. Yes. Let's dive in, dive in, get it guys, aquatics. Let's dive into the actual aquatic animal health certificate that UF offers. What courses do students take to get the certificate? Right, so um, the core courses that are required um, are CVET, uh, which is a very popular course, uh, uh, Diseases of Warm Water Fish, which is an online course that's offered during the summer months. Um, we have uh, Topics in Aquatic Animal Health, which is a face-to-face -face class. Well, the idea is to teach students how to critically evaluate the reading material and journal articles um, because when working with endangered species, you have to really be able to critically evaluate some of the information that you're reading. Mm. Um, you can't just sort of take things at face value. Okay. And then students can have a choice between uh, doing um, a research project or participating in externships. Most of the students do externships because mm -hmm. of course that's where you get to go out to the different facilities and participate in, in casework and, and then you can actually get some hands-on opportunities. What are some of the popular locations for the externships? We have a pretty long list. I mean, obviously, places like SeaWorld or uh, the Living Seas in Disney are, are very popular. The Shedd Aquarium, the Florida Aquarium, Georgia Aquarium, the Marine Mammal Center uh, over in California. We have places all over. Okay. Uh, can you break down what CVET looks like? CVET. So CVET is taught by Dr. Michael Walsh, and it's a two-week course, uh, which is face-to-face, um, -face, so hands-on. Um, it's a mix of lectures, but then also a lot of field trips. And so they'll go to places like Marineland, uh, as well as Clearwater Aquarium, Jacksonville Zoo. And yeah, I got to be a part of CVET last year, and it was really fun going around to the different locations. They, get, they teach you what it looks like to be a veterinarian at SeaWorld or an aquarium. Um, and help students network a little bit, but also realize, you know, this is a potential future career for them, even though the, the field is pretty small for those positions. Dr. Larkin, what would you tell the pre-vet student who's an undergrad? What kind of experience, what kind of opportunities do they need to pursue if they think they want to become involved with aquatic animals? Well, I get that question a lot. The Specializing in aquatics, I mean, it's really a wildlife specialty. Um, and so specializing in veterinary medicine is really something you do way down the road. So if you want to take time to volunteer under a veterinarian and they're doing stuff related to aquatics, that all is getting you to the place where you want to be. Yeah. There are certainly some places where it's easier to work under a veterinarian, um, any, anything related to fisheries. There's a lot of opportunities there that are growing. Mm -hmm. So that's in aquatics, that's one of the fields where there are greater and greater opportunities. Whereas the number of zoo vet or aquarium vet uh, opportunities, yes, they're there, but that's not necessarily a growing industry. Mm -hmm. 
For those students that I brought up earlier, the ones who say I only want to work with dolphins, is potentially a PhD program more suitable for those students? Because you got to focus mostly on manatees. Right. So professional school is very different. It's very prescriptive. So there are fixed courses that you need to take in order to get in. Once you get in, there are fixed core courses that you, you need to take. You have some choices in your electives and tracks that you can take. Um, in a graduate program, it's um, much more unique, and students can pursue interests specific to them, assuming that there's a mentor in a lab that is doing something that they find of interest and is able to take them in. So we have uh, students who are working on uh, reproduction manatees. Um, we've had students looking at nutrition in uh, manatees and dolphins. Um, we currently have some students looking at the microbiome of a variety of different marine mammals. We've also been doing health assessments and trying to determine the difference between healthy and unhealthy sea urchins. So everything Lots from, of variety. Yeah, fish and invertebrates, marine mammals, sea turtles, all kinds of variety. Um, Dr. Larkin, can you give us an example of some invertebrates? All right. So uh, corals, um, there's a lot going on with corals now with climate change, with warmer temperatures, mm -hmm. and with ocean acidification. Ocean acidification is going to impact all kinds of shellfish as well. It's going to limit their ability to actually create those shells. Mm -hmm. Being aware of those kinds of impacts. And, and I think one of the unique benefits of having um, a DVM degree in aquatics is that you get a better sense of how diseases and impacts, health impacts, can transfer from one species to another, mm. regardless of whether that's corals to fish or fish to people or, you know, people back to the environment. So that one health aspect, um, that comparative medicine, that comparative um, training that you end up having um, is very helpful. Okay, good. So that's definitely something for you and um, who are interested in getting involved in aquatics that it's beyond, you know, the animal. It's how is it affecting the people and the environment as well. Dr. Larkin, I had a student on the other day who talked about sustainability. What are some things that humans can do to help the aquatic animal health and our future in the ocean and freshwater? What, what are some things that we can do or be aware of? Right. So I just had a guest speaker a little bit ago focus uh, for us on plastics. Mm. And, um, and that's really a very obvious and somewhat uh, easy way, once you start thinking about it, something that you can personally work on. Um, you know, to try to remember those bags when you go to the grocery store, to try to remember your water bottle instead of, you know, grabbing a, you know, a bottled water. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, being more careful about do you really need to bring those leftovers home in that styrofoam container, things like that. Right. And they affect the oceans because... Oh, yeah, it all ends up in the ocean. Right. <laughs> Whether it's big or small, um, there's a lot of issues with that because it just doesn't degrade. So picking something that, that can be sustainably used and, you know, degrade to the point where it's not harmful to the next smallest organism. Good forward thinking for us all to remember that for sure. What have we not talked about that you think is important for students who want to go into aquatics, who want to get their veterinary degree or potentially now a PhD or graduate school some things that you wish you had known or did differently, what do they need to know? 
it ended up being a huge challenge, right? Because there are so many permits and so many limits on what you can do. There really aren't that many individuals that you can interact with to get a decent sample size. In hindsight, I probably would go back and, you know, probably look at a fish species or, or an invertebrate species because there's so much more that you could do and there's so much more room to learn. Well, I want to thank Dr. Larkin for being here today and giving us a better understanding of not only the UF um, Aquatic Animal Health Certificate, but what students can do to get involved in aquatics and their future career options. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.